0: Thank you all so much for that this morning. If you have your Bibles with you, I'll invite you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 15 this morning as we will be looking at our text in Matthew chapter 15, uh, continuing looking at the parables that Jesus used to teach us, uh, again, giving us things that we do understand to explain to us things that we don't understand. And Matthew chapter 15, I want us to go ahead and get into the text this morning Because there's plenty to cover here without me saying anything extra I'll begin reading in verse 10 And read through verse 15 And he called the people to him and said to them Hear and understand It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person but what comes out of the mouth This defiles a person Then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone. They are blind guides, and if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, Explain the parable to us. So as we look here and see Jesus' teaching, we see the introduction to today's text. Uh, There are a couple of different things he said there But I want to uh, go back if you would look with me in verse 10 I want to highlight for us what the parable is The parable in this teaching, the parable that we're spending our time looking at today Begins with the quote in verse 10 Hear and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person But what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person Now The reason that we see this uh, is because Jesus is answering a question that was posed to him in the first part of this chapter. Again, context is very important for us to understand what we see here. So at the beginning of chapter 15, the Pharisees asked Jesus a question. Of course, we see this a lot of times in Scripture. But this time, the question, if you're there in chapter 15, just look at verse 2. They asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders, They do not wash their hands when they eat So the question posed to Jesus is Why do your disciples not wash their hands when they eat Now are there any mothers in here that have ever asked that question before Why do you not wash your hands before you eat Any of you, I think I've heard that at my house a few times Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands before you eat Seems like a basic enough teaching But here we're not talking about necessarily for cleanliness in that regard they're asking the question specifically in regards to the rituals of the elders, the rituals of the uh, the Pharisee teachers, the rituals of the rabbis. They're asking, uh, Jesus, you know that it is an, a teaching that we follow, that you're supposed to wash your hands before you eat. Why is it that your disciples break that tradition? Again, we saw this in and an earlier teaching we saw Jesus being asked why don't your disciples do what everybody else does why don't your disciples do what we do the Pharisees asking this question again and so Jesus again is going to answer it and as I began to look at this text this week I really thought that today was going to be an opportunity for us to talk about the Old Testament law and how we relate to it today it's where I really thought this teaching was going to go as I began looking at chapter 15 and seeing the context of this teaching but we're not because that's not where Jesus takes this teaching and even more so than that as I studied this week I found out that this specific teaching that they're giving isn't even part of the Old Testament law the idea that, that any person before they eat has to wash their hands in order to not make themselves unclean that's not even a, one of the laws that, that God gives the people and the Old Testament. Yes, priests sometimes had to wash their hands before eating certain things, but just regular everyday people, this isn't one of the teachings. Hence the reason that they asked the question, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders, rather than them asking Jesus, why do your disciples break the law? This is a man-made teaching. Now, I give you that for a reason. I want you to stick that one in your pocket. I want you to hold on to that for just a minute The specific teaching that they're asking Jesus about today Is not one of God's laws It's not one of God's teachings It's a teaching that was added to the law By the rabbis and the Pharisees afterward This is a man-made teaching That you should have to wash your hands before you eat Again, any children that are still listening That haven't tuned out Not a bad idea to wash your hands before you eat not necessarily a teaching that we find in the Bible. So what Jesus does teach about today, not being the Old Testament law, what he does teach about today is this idea, what is it that makes us unclean? That's the question that we'll ask of this text today, what is it that makes us unclean? I'm going to give you three points today. First, I'm going to to give you what he says doesn't make us unclean. Then I'm going to give you what it is that does make us unclean. And then I'm going to give you the answer to the question that automatically follows that. If I'm unclean, how then can I be made clean? So what doesn't make us clean, what does make us clean, and how we fix it if we are unclean. So point one this morning, we are not made unclean by external things. One of the main teachings that Jesus gives us here in this parable, we are not made unclean by external things. Now, you have to understand that when Jesus is speaking here in verses 10 and 11, when he gives this parable, he is not talking necessarily about a physical uncleanliness. Whenever you hear me, I'll say several words for this today. Sometimes I'll say defiled. Sometimes I'll say unclean. Sometimes I'll say polluted. Sometimes I'll say common, which is also a A very solid translation of this this word that Jesus uses here but all of these things we're not made unclean when he says that he's not talking about literally being dirty on the outside right the the idea that they had in mind as being first century Jews they're thinking about the Old Testament law and in the Old Testament law there were a lot of teachings that you had to follow in order to not be made Unclean. You couldn't t- touch certain things. You couldn't touch certain people at certain times. If you had a certain uh, skin disease, if, you, if your body secreted fluid for a certain reason, if, if you did different things, if you ate certain foods, then they saw themselves as being unclean. That was part of God's teaching. There were certain things that made you unclean, and it's not physically unclean. It's a spiritual uncleanliness. It's this idea of being defiled or polluted on the inside we would equate it with the idea of sin that's what jesus is teaching us about today what is it that makes us sinful to think about romans chapter 3 what is it that makes us fall short of the glory of god when i say unclean today that's what i'm talking about It's not as spiritually pure as we should be jesus says it's not external things now this would have been shocking for these people to hear again first century jews their life is based around a lot of what they do is based around following these rituals following these laws doing these things just the right way so you have to understand when we read this it wasn't originally spoken to us and the people that god that jesus was speaking to would have been amazed astonished By what they hear We see specifically that the Pharisees When they heard this Peter goes to Jesus and says that they were offended They were offended that Jesus would teach That some man would come to the Jewish people And teach them That it's not external things that make you defiled Because that's a lot of what they base their life around But Jesus is very clear That it's not these ritualistic things That make us unclean So for them This is a shocking revelation. I know for most of you here today, especially those of you that are Christians that have been in church a long time, point one is not shocking to you. When I say that it's not external things that make us unclean, it's not external things that make us defiled or sinful, you say, well, duh, brother Zach, we already know that. We've known that for a long time. We knew that since we've been in Bible school. And so as I thought this week and as I studied this text, and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, how do I help you? How, Lord, help me to understand this. I'm not a first century Jew. I don't follow the ritual teachings of the Pharisees and the rabbis. How do I understand this idea? What is it that we look at that is an external thing that we think makes people unclean? And I have a few things. The Lord was gracious, as he always is. And he gave me a few things that I want to share with you this morning. External things. There are some things that I believe that even some of you, that even myself, growing up in doctrinally sound, biblically based Southern Baptist churches believe. There are things that you probably believe or at least have heard taught that are external things that you believe make people unclean, or polluted or defiled or common or not as good as you or not as good as God and I want to share a few of those with you one of the first ones and some of these I know are going to hit hard for some of us and some of us may like the Pharisees when we hear these things be offended but I pray that you'd be open to hear from the context of the word this morning but I want to be clear this morning that a person's skin color, nationality, or native language does not make them unclean. It is an external thing that some of you as well as I, y'all know where I grew up, most of you, I grew up in Neshoba County, a, a county that in a city that is historically known for being racist. I one time, I kid you not, I was in an elevator in London, England one time, standing by a man, and he asked me where I was from. I said I'm from the United States, and he said, "Well, I know the states well. More specifically, where are you from?" And I said, "Well, Philadelphia, Mississippi." And he said, "Neshoba County, where they killed those three civil rights workers." A man in London, England, knew of the racist history of the place I'm from, and ashamedly, I would say this morning that I grew up being taught not specifically in these words but being taught by the way that, w- that I saw people relate to other people by the practices that we had I grew up being taught in school and by family and yes, sometimes even at church that people whose skin color is darker than mine are more polluted than I am that they're not the same as us and I know this morning that some of you have been taught that same thing but this morning we see jesus saying that even if somebody even if somebody that you love or somebody that you respect teaches you that an external thing makes somebody more common and less deserving than you that you need to understand that they're not teaching the truth because it's not external things that make us unclean another one It's socioeconomic status. How much money somebody has in the bank. And it works both ways with this one. Sometimes those that have money look at poor people that don't have money, and they say they're not the same as we are. Those poor people, those people that do this, those people that do that, they're not as good as we are. They are more common, they are more unclean than we are. And Jesus says here, that's not true. On the other side, sometimes people that don't have money are taught. People that do have money, rich people, are liars and they are cheats and they are not to be trusted. They are more unclean than we are. Socioeconomic status, how much money somebody has in the bank, what they drive, what they wear, where they live, does not make them clean or unclean. The last one that I wanted to share with you, because I know that this is one that many of us struggle with, is that somebody's political affiliation does not make them unclean. Now, there are some of you this morning that would say, Brother Zach, I'm okay with the others. I will argue with you on this one, and I'm not going into a debate, but I'm just telling you that if somebody voted Democrat in the last election or somebody voted Republican, And the last election that does not make them unclean they have their reasons and some people that are republican would say there's no way that you could vote for somebody that that believes in this or somebody that's pro-choice there's no way that you could vote for them and be a christian but there are also people on that side of the aisle that would look and say there's no way that you could vote for somebody who might have the moral downfall that we have seen and believe that you are a Christian. There are people on both sides of the aisles that would say there's no way a Christian would vote Republican, and there are people that would say there's no way that a Christian would vote Democrat. But Jesus says here, voting Republican or Democrat is not what makes you unclean. Brothers and sisters, we cannot look at our neighbors and our coworkers and by the color of their skin or by what they're wearing or by how they voted, decide that they are less deserving or less than we are because Jesus says here that's not how it works he says it's not external things that make somebody unclean and some of you would say brother Zach that's what my mama taught me brother Zach that's what my daddy taught me some of you would say brother Zach that's what my pastor taught me that's what my Sunday school teacher taught me because ashamedly these things have been taught from the pulpit in churches before But these brothers would have said, Jesus, that's what the Pharisees said. The Pharisees said, if you don't wash your hands before you eat, you're unclean. Jesus, the scribes say that if you don't wash your hands before you eat, that you're unclean. Jesus, the rabbis say that if you don't wash your hands before you eat, then you're unclean. And Jesus said, but I told you that doesn't matter. I don't care what the rabbis and the pharisees and your mama i don't care what your preacher i don't care what anybody told you i'm god and i'm telling you right now that's not true it's not external things that make you unclean so all of those social constructs all of those man-made teachings again i told you to stick that in your pocket for a reason all of those man-made teachings that satan has tricked People into believing, we throw out the window because Jesus said it's not any external thing that makes you unclean. So then we ask the question, Well, then what is it? What is it that makes you unclean? Look with me in the text back in verse 11. It's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. Then look in verse 16 after Peter asked for an explanation. And he said, Are you still also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. So Jesus here gives us the answer. Point two, the heart is what defiles a person. The heart is what defiles a person person verse 18 but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart and this defiles a person you have to understand in in Jewish culture in this time they didn't have a good word for what we would say the mind so when he says heart it's the place where they make their decisions it's the place that their emotions come from so he's saying that for us we would say the mind of a person is what defiles and the place that they decide what they're going to do and not going to do the the place that they make their decision from, their cognitive being, that's what defiles a person. That's what Jesus tells them here. Your mind, your heart is what defiles a person. And what does he mean by that? In verse 19, he makes it even more clear. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander, and you could go on and on. And this is a list of sins. These were a list of sins that Jesus saw regularly. You could add to them any other sins that you want to. You could add hate. You could add pride. You could add murder. You could add all of these things to the list. But what Jesus is teaching is that these things don't just happen. We don't just happen to slander somebody. We don't just happen to take part in sexual morality or theft or lying. No, we decide that this is something that we want to do. We make a conscience decision to do these things. Thus, it is from our mind, or as he says here, from our heart, that we are made unclean. You have to understand that all humans are born with sin-affected and sin-infected hearts. I've hoped all week that I was not going to get tongue-twisted on that. I didn't. Your heart, when you are born, before you become a Christian, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, your heart is affected by sin and your heart is infected by sin. And it causes you to give in to temptation and it causes you to be prideful and it causes you to be selfish and it causes you to hate other people and it causes you... To be more likely to take part in addictions And things that that hurt your body and your family And it causes you to cheat on your spouse And it causes you to cheat on your taxes And it causes you to steal from people And to do all of these things That, That comes from your heart From your sin affected heart You make those decisions Our defilement when we are lost people Comes from the inside That's what defiles a person So the question then has to be asked What do we do about that? If you're here this morning and you're still lost, you have to be asking, Brother Zach, what do I do? If it's not the outside and I can't just wash off or change my clothes, if I can't just have more effort, if I can't just try a little bit harder, then what can I do? How can I change? If you're here this morning and you know that you've been changed, you might ask the question, how did I change if it wasn't by my own efforts? And thankfully, the word's very clear about that as well. Point three, the last one, Christ can give you a new heart and that's exciting this morning I pray that that makes at least a few of us smile this morning Christ can and if you're saved Christ has given you a new heart what a beautiful beautiful thing brother Jamie came earlier and read a scripture from us that I want to read to you again in Ezekiel chapter 36 you can just listen it says I will sprinkle clean water on you And you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses. And from all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. We also read this in Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 33. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, talking about, prophesying about the new covenant that would come through Christ, declares the Lord, I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. You see, when we come to Jesus Christ in faith, When we understand, when we come to the point of understanding that we are defiled and that we are unclean and that we need to be made clean, when you get to that point and then somebody shares the gospel with you and you realize that the only way to be made clean is through Jesus Christ, you understand that he came and lived a perfect life and that he died a perfect death and that he has paid for all of your sins. And you come to him in faith and say, Lord, I need to be made clean. And I know that you're the only one that can make me clean. And you respond to him in faith and you become his. This is what happens. He takes out that sin-infected heart. We always like to picture it as a black heart. He takes out that, this black, gory, ugly heart. He takes it out of you and he puts in this beautiful heart that has his law already written on it. You see, he takes our our debased mind, our sinful mind, out, and he gives us a new mind that's controlled by his Holy Spirit that loves the things of God and that wants the things of God. That's what happens when we become Christians. So if you're here this morning and you're asking that question, what can I do? You can come to Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you say, how did I get from where I was to where I am now? I thought it was by my own effort. I thought it's because I worked hard. I'm the little engine that could. I'm telling you this morning, you were the little engine that couldn't. But Jesus came and he gave you a new engine. And he got you from where you used to be to where you are now. It's not by you, it's by him and it's only by him that people go from being unclean to being clean. So I pray this morning that we would stop categorizing people in all the ways that we categorize them. That person is Democrat, that person's Republican, that person is black or Asian or Latino, or that person's white, or or that person's rich, and that person's poor, and we, we have all these categories. I pray this morning that instead we would look and say, that person's lost or that person's found. And that's the category that we would use when we look at people. And if they are found and they are Christians, then we would thank god for what he's done for them and we'd see them as our brother and sister i don't care who they voted for i don't care where they live i don't care what they drive i don't care what color their skin i don't care what language they speak that's my brother that's my sister that's an adopted child of my father that's how we see all those that are found and all those that are lost we would look at as someone that needs to hear the gospel so that they might be found those are the two categories that jesus gives us here today Unclean people that need to hear the gospel And people that are clean only because of the grace of God I will leave you with one last thing Because this I can't give it to you often enough I can't give it to you clearly or plainly enough either Because sometimes when we have been Christians for long enough We start to think it's by our own effort that we got here We start to think if they would only try like I have tried if those lost people, if those sinful people would be more like me, we can have that feeling sometimes. I just want to remind you this morning that if you're different than you used to be, if you are now humble where you used to be prideful, if you now think about others where you used to only think about yourself, if you now wake up in the morning and want a cup of coffee or a glass of water where you used to wake up and only want another drink of alcohol if you wake up in the morning and think about your kids and your family and your work where you used to wake up and only think about the next drug that you were going to take if you wake up in the morning and now you look at your wife where you used to look at pornography instead I want you to understand it's not because you're better than anybody else For all of us that have been made well in ways that we used to be sick, that have been made clean where we used to be unclean, it's because Jesus Christ has come into our life and given us a new heart, and all the glory goes to Him. Don't say, look at what I've done. Say, look at what He's done. I pray that we never get past saying, look at what He has done. But I would end this morning by saying that, I imagine that there are a few people here today that are still in the lost group. In a group this size, it's very likely that there are at least a few of you here today that still are unclean. And I don't mean what you wear or any of those things. I mean you are unclean in the fact that you have never responded in faith to Jesus Christ and had Him take out that old, sick, sin infected heart and given you a new one. And if that's you today, There's good news. Jesus has already died on the cross. Jesus has already lived the perfect life and been the perfect sacrifice. He's already paid for every sin you've ever committed today. If you would come and respond to Him, He will take out that heart today and give you the new heart and give you His Spirit and allow you to follow His law and to love the things. He loves. If you're here today and you want to know what that looks like, I pray that you would come and talk to me and let me explain that to you. I also pray that if you're here today and you know that you're a Christian but you still struggle with some of these things, that you would come and ask the Lord for strength in all the ways that he needs it. If you're here today and you know that you've looked at your neighbor as being unclean and you don't even know if they're saved or not, I pray that today that you would come, that you would ask the Lord to give you a mind that sees people the way that he sees people. Today we're going to do the invitation a little bit differently. The praise team is here and they're going to uh, play a song for us. They're going to do come to the altar. and You can sing with them. If you want to respond in that way, you respond in that way. But they're going to sing a few verses and the chorus a few times. If you want to come to this altar and pray, there's time for that. If you want to pray where you are, there's time for that. If you want to come and talk to me, there's time for that. Brothers and sisters, some of you are hungry, but we're in no hurry. If you have something you need to talk to God about, talk to God about it. If you have a way that you need to respond to God, respond to God. That's what we have this time for. I'm going to invite you to stand. As they play and sing, you sing or you pray or you come to these altars, but you respond in the way that the Lord leads you to as they lead us in a hymn of invitation.